You're listening to the Down the Pub podcast, Canada's premier football show. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Welcome to this special Island Games episode of the Down the Pub podcast. We are joined by the queen of the experts herself, one soccer's Andy Petrillo. As always, you can follow the show at Down the Pub Pod on Instagram and at Down the Pub Pod C1 on Twitter. The Wanderers kick off their tournament on Saturday at 4 p.m. Niche Lounge in downtown Halifax is showing the game with sound in their amazing new beer yard. It's a great spot to enjoy the game with some amazing food and some even better beer deals. Make sure to get there early to cement your spot. Now on with the show. Welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub podcast. Uh, we are joined by renowned broadcaster and the queen of the experts, Andy Petrillo. Welcome to the show, Andy. Do you like that? <laughs> Wait, did, did, did Kurt Larson approve that opening? No, no. No. <laughs> he says when I'm making mad, that's says, why. Yeah, he said not to do it, so that's why we did it. So. Okay, good. As long as we're upsetting him right out of the gate, I am already happy with this podcast. There we go. Queen of experts it is. <laughs> and we're, and we're, we're also joined by our two regular barflies, uh, Carlos Benitez and Chris Serrell. Welcome back to the show, guys. Well, well thank you, Anthony, and thanks, Andy, again for agreeing to be part of the pop. So, Thank you for having me. Yeah. So before I get into uh, the first question, I just have to open this kind of beer. So the Wanderers have brought out a new uh, beer called The Grounds. And uh, our good friend oh. Carlos here designed the label and oh, did all the work stop. for it. So, yeah. That, wait a second. Like, is, this, is this something that's being sold? Yeah. It was, uh, it was released today, I think. It was, today was the, the, the launch for it. It's called The Grounds, and Carlos designed the can and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm hoping he didn't actually make the beer because then it will probably taste terrible. So. I haven't even tried it. So. <laughs> so, well, I'll, I'll be waiting for my shipment then so I can give yeah. it a taste and, and let you know what I think. But congratulations on that. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk to Derek Martin and see what he sends you a few cans. Yeah, uh, nice. sure. he, he's renowned. He's renowned for being tight, though, so he probably won't. To, just to say no. <laughs> or else he'll make you pay for the shipping. Yeah, I was about to say, I get the, I get the bill for it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the, the first question I have for you is, um, obviously, just going through your history there, like your, your first on-air program was York Living then, uh, when you did like the restaurant reviews and all that kind of stuff. So did you think that when you were doing that, that you'd actually get to travel the world to cover sports? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, that was always the dream, right? It was always the goal, but uh, baby steps. And, and the first thing I was trying to do like any person who wants to be on air, I was trying to get on air, right? Like I was doing all the grunt work behind the scenes. Um, I was working in news. I would do all the interviews. I would write the story. I would edit it, put it together, but I never got to front it. Um, so I was always, you know, kind of behind the scenes and everything. And I would always do these little on, like these stand-ups. And then I would send it to the, uh, you know, stand there with my little mic, do a stand-up, send it to the, um, the producer, the executive producer, and like literally she would take the tape and go, oh, you did it on camera for me? Okay, I'll look at it later. And like just toss it behind oh her. <laughs> oh yeah, well she's my best friend now, which is kind of funny. Um, so yeah, it's like she never really gave me a chance. And then finally one day someone else said, you know, we'll put you on camera if you do this magazine type show, we need a restaurant reporter. 
and you go around to, you know, we'll, we'll shoot like three restaurants in one day and you get to take the food home. Uh, okay. Nice. I'm game. Yeah. Like, let's do it. <laughs> so yeah. So that, that's the real, like, that's the reason why I did it. I mean, first of all, that was my payment was food, but also it was, just, it was just trying to get on camera, like in any way, shape or form, trying to get on camera. And finally the executive producer was like, Hey, I saw you do York region living. Like you're actually good. I said, thanks. You see that pile <laughs> on your desk? Yeah. I gave you those. That's like me on camera, you know, that you never looked at but claimed you would. So, yeah, that's how it all started. I like that. Like, it's where they're resting their coats or something. <laughs> yeah, it's like, feel that dust? <laughs> right there. <laughs> so, what, what, was it kind of like a Gordon Ramsay type thing where you went in and just like started freaking out with people and saying, shut it down and stuff? Hell's <laughs> Kitchen. Yeah. No, man. Like, uh, but they, they cooked me the most amazing amazing meals because remember they're showcasing their restaurant i was getting um rack of lamb filet Jeez. mignon oh yeah like ribs like you name it it was always their best signature dish so the first restaurant we would always actually sit down and eat the meal they cooked for us and then the other two i would bring home with me because you know you're stuffed at that point and i was living at home still um and my dad clued in that every wednesday was when i would shoot my restaurant show <laughs> He's no dummy. So I remember one time I was at the kitchen table doing my homework. I had come home, did, you know, did the shows, and I was at home doing my homework. And my dad comes home from work, and I see he's all happy. And he's like, you know, <laughs> tap dancing. He's got a bib on. <laughs> and he opens the fridge, and he's like, I wonder what kind of meal I have for tonight. Is it rack of lamb? Is it? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, the food you bring home. He goes, how else do you think you're going to pay for the rent in this house? I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> so my dad ate my payment a lot, uh, a lot, a lot. He ate my, my payment. <laughs> my question to you is that your camera guy gets who had the food because, you know, they're shooting all the time. And Yeah, so the, fir the first restaurant all the time, like it was myself, the camera guy, and the producer. So the first restaurant, the three of us always sat down and ate the meal. And then the other two, they, they let me take it home because they were getting paid. I wasn't. Oh, okay. What's, what's, right? what's, so, the, what's the name of this restaurant? We actually have to shout this restaurant. No, it must be like different ones every week, wasn't it? Yeah, like it was different. It was different restaurants oh, okay. all the time because yeah. the show was called York Region Living and it was showcasing York Region. Um, mm -hmm. And at the time, so we, we would just go to all these different restaurants in York Region and just give them free airtime basically, right? So it was fun. It was, that, it was a great show. I actually had a, I had a blast working on it. Does that make you a York 9 fan, Dave? No, but I... No. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> As a broadcaster, I am very professional and I am objective with all teams, but as a... Uh, Gina from Maple. Um, yes, I'm from the York region area. <laughs> that is where I am from. I am like what part of those nine stripes? I'm one of those stripes. Yes. So, but, so uh, you're you're on the you're on the map on the jersey is what you're saying. I, lo I looked it up immediately, Vaughn. Straight up. I'm not so gonna nice. lie. When I saw it, I was like, "Where am I?" It's kind of a, it's kind of a cool kit, though. I think that's. I mean, listen, I, I get that if you're, I know, if you're not from the York region area, you're not going to find, you're going to be like, what is this, a map? Like, where am I driving to? Uh, but mm. when you're from the York region area, like mm. right away, I'm like, oh, where am I from? Right? It's like when you see that, 
little tower of keychains that have names on them. Like, and you can't help it. It doesn't matter what age you are. You're going to run to that tower to see if your name's on it, right? Okay. A little keychain. <laughs> Uh, we, but uh, yeah, that's how I you, felt when I saw their kit. Um, mm-hmm. You started, like, you know, doing restaurant reviews. Then you started doing hockey. Um, mm-hmm. uh, do you consider yourself more a hockey girl than a football girl? No, not necessarily. Um, I think what I've always tried to pride myself on and maintain was mm-hmm. diversity in sport. Mm-hmm. which is why uh, I look forward every two years to the Olympics because I also host the Olympics for CBC, which this weekend would have been the weekend I would have been coming home from Japan, August 9th, nice. but unfortunately we all know, and we all know why, and then we all agree it's, it, was the, it was the right uh, decision to make. So I'm looking forward, fingers crossed, to 2021, mm-hmm. that we can go to uh, Japan for those Olympics. So yeah, I mean, I just... I, I actually started covering both hockey. It's, it's funny because even though I've kind of branched off into covering a lot of sports, the two sports I've always remained true to have been hockey and soccer. Um, because, you know, again, working at, uh, it was a small cable station, Rogers Television in York Region, the Ontario Soccer Association was also right there. So we had, you know, like Von Azuri and, and, and a lot of the other clubs playing out of there. And then I covered a lot of even just, smaller clubs too because it was a small town you know cable station right so I even got to cover like the Von Lightning a team I paid for growing up right when I was working at this small cable station so I did that and it was fun Um, and then while I was doing that I was also covering junior B hockey so it was like the, the best of both worlds and it's it's just it's it's funny how it worked out that way that even now when I've gotten to a level in my career which you know you would consider to be an established career Mm-hmm. Um, those are still the two sports that I really delve into the most. So, no, I mean, I, I, I would consider myself definitely a sports caster, mm-hmm. but sure. I mean, every sports caster also has the certain sports that they gravitate towards and just happen to know a little bit more about. And for me, I still think it's both hockey uh, and soccer. That's great. And I think you covered uh, Brazil 2014 World Cup, right? I did, in, in yes. Can you tell us more about that? And how, how was the experience and you know like because you were kind of like preaching football in Canada people I feel like I've been 14 years in this country and I feel like the World Cup of 2014 was the one that kind of like united more the Canadians they were starting digging more into football and then now with the Canadian Premier League it's going to be more history and building up all that high for that sport in Canada which is perfect you can share more about that like how was that experience like you know being one of the uh, precursors, uh, uh, how do you say this, like one of the voices of, of, mm-hmm. of, of that covering, you can share your yeah. experience with us. So I have two experiences of that. Let's share, um, you know, obviously good, good, good and bad. Um, but the bad is very little, but I still think it, it, it's warrants being shared. Um, you know, I think uh, there were, there were still some people who had a very difficult time, right? Seeing a woman hosting. Uh, a men's tournament and I remember an article was written and it took everything inside of me not to not to write back and then I didn't need to because when you looked at the comment sections uh, turns out there were people who actually you know knew my career so this one guy wrote a whole article basically praising everybody working on the show and then just said I don't know why Andy Petrillo is here right like shouldn't she be in a hockey rink somewhere like chasing a puck anyways it's pretty derogatory and I just finished telling you that I came from a like York yeah. Region cable station where all I did was cover like OSA stuff and like CSA stuff. And I'm like, I got, and at that point too, um, I started covering major league soccer 
in 2008 on a regular basis. Like I was the main host for Gold mm -hmm. TV Canada from uh, actually even earlier, like 2007 to 2011. And I did sideline for sports. Like I can go on and on about how I was doing soccer mm -hmm. way before 2014. Um, and so I remember that and that really bothered me. Cause I was like, you're just an idiot and you clearly don't know soccer. So why don't you go hang out in a hockey rink, right? That you don't even know who the soccer faces are in this country. So that really bothered me. And then of course there were just some people again, like just have a hard time, um, accepting a woman hosting a, a men's event. But then I also got these incredible emails of, you know, young women saying, I, I turn on the TV and I see myself. Right. Like I see how I can do this now. Right. It's all it's that it's that old. If you see it, you can be it. Uh, it's old, but ever present because it's um, it's always valid. And till this day, I still meet young girls who say the moment they realized they wanted to get into sports was when they saw me hosting 2014 FIFA. Now I feel like an old lady. Uh, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, OK, uh, how old were you when you saw me? <laughs> Anyways, but so that that's uh, that's a really great moment. But to your point. We're seeing the dynamic and the culture of, of Canada as a whole change, right? You're, I come from an immigrant family. I'm first-generation Canadian. So my family being from Italy, um, I guess you could say, quote-unquote, I was raised differently, right? Like, it's just, it's different the way, you know, Italians, exactly. Watch out, the wooden spoon, you know. But uh, soccer is huge. It goes without saying, right, in Italy. So that was always a huge sport. So you, you see a lot more cultures coming to, to Canada love the sport of soccer. Right. It's also more accessible. It's also more affordable uh, in many ways, too. Right. And what also made, I think, 2014 Rio so successful in our country. Uh, and I know this may seem like a, like, what are you saying, Andy? But it really is a simple answer. There's just a one hour time change. Like it's so, it was so easy for people to watch, you know, like yeah. a, a 12 or like a game. Remember when that when it was held in South Korea? Fantastic oh, job. Not like knocking the cut, but who's waking up at like two in the morning? Like that really does affect things. You, yeah. The diehards, we all were like, who are you kidding? Korea, but, Japan uh, boys. Remember Korea, Japan? Yep. Yeah. 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 That was rough. Oh, I remember what I was doing. I was working at the community center at that time. I fell asleep on a lot of registrations. I think one kid who registered, <laughs> one kid who registered for Taekwondo, I think I put him in like swimming, adult swimming. Maybe it was even like synchronized swimming. Poor kid. He had no clue what he was showing up to. Um, <laughs> and now he's an Olympic champion. <laughs> synchronized swimming. <laughs> I'll take credit for that. It was because of that World Cup. I was waking up in the middle of the night to watch the um, but that, but like the, t the, the time zone w was really, really helpful too, uh, in, in bringing our country together and that, because a lot of people could watch a noon game, you know, is very doable in the middle of summer to sit on the patio and watch. Like it was, it was really fortunate in that sense. But yeah, my experience overall though, it was just, uh, it was, it was so incredible. And, um, I, I was really excited as well that they had the Olympics in 2016. Cause we hosted, I hosted the 2014 world cup from studio, uh, in Toronto, Ontario. And then to be able to go to um, Rio two years later and just be like, ah, so this is where it all happened. Here, this is the Maracana. I'm like, wow, right? Yeah. So that was, uh, that was pretty awesome. Kind of along those lines, actually, perfectly. What was it like working with Scott Russell? Because growing up, he was one of my like genuine gem idols of everything. He was the voice of falling asleep and waking <laughs> up like the yeah. God. So what was it like, I guess, day to day working with him? So I still have the pleasure of working with Scott Russell every weekend. 
and uh, he, he speaks like he's delivering a sermon. Uh, like he's hilarious. Hello, Andy. <laughs> How's it going? And like it's just his wife. <laughs> that is Scott Russell. Um, but he's he's a pro. He's always taking notes to the point where he also annoys me because I feel like I'm a note taker. Like I have like a book full of notes for everything. Like you, I'm even getting ready now. Like this is CPL. Like there's no messing around. Like I take a ton of notes. Yeah, I feel like we're all prepared. And then I show up to work, but I'm I feel not bad now. This is all the questions for you, by the way. Is that? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I, I thought you said this was only an hour. I, I don't have to talk shit. Overtime? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It is. Um, it is. It is. But yeah, Scott's always taking notes. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you're making me feel better. Look bad. Like, I feel like I should be doing more work, right? Like, he's always doing something. He's also taught me what it means to speak to a Canadian audience. He's like, don't ever forget how important it is to mention where somebody is from, like their hometown, you know, work hard to pronounce their name properly, like find out how to do it. We're not always going to nail, especially when you're dealing with athletes, maybe who are not as mainstream, but you know, the importance, because he's like, you know, their, their parents are watching, right? Try to get their name right. It's all these like the little details that make you a really good broadcaster, um, care about them. You know, know that you're speaking to their family when you're talking about them. And that was always really, uh, really important to me. And I remember he always, you know, drove that home. And then um, my first Olympics was 2014. And we were in uh, Sochi, Russia at the time. <laughs> and so, and Scott, like I said, consummate pro and just always is so articulate and just prim and proper and groomed up and everything. And then he comes on out and he's got like, you know, these little shorts and his running shoes and his t-shirt. He's getting ready to go for a jog and he's got his little ball cap on and his little knapsack on. And he's like, Andy, Andy. I'm like, uh, yeah, Scott. He's like, we's at the Olympics. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm like, Scott, what's wrong with you? You know, you don't speak that way. Anyway, so he's, he's, he's a lot. Of, we's at, so that's our line now. We's at the Olympics, baby. <laughs> Um, and then by the end of the Olympics, we're both like, oh my God, we just want to go home. We're at the Olympics. Like, you're just so tired. Uh, but uh, he's, he's fantastic. You know what? What you see is what you get. Great broadcaster, pro, and, and genuinely cares about every athlete he's talking about. So at the, uh, at the Sochi Olympics, obviously, like, there was all the talk of a lot of stuff not being ready. And there was all those kind of funny videos of uh hotels kind of falling apart and stuff like that did you oh, experience that funny? did you did you experience <laughs> did you experience any of that <laughs> so um okay so uh, i was a little spoiled in sochi i had like a really big room with like this king size bed and i was in a really nice hotel i'm not gonna lie um it's it, uh, now somebody got yeah a couple times people would get locked in the or stuck in the elevator <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. No you scream for help all the time. <laughs> Somebody would come and get you. Like the elevators weren't quite functioning all that well. But I have to say, we were we were very fortunate as the hosts. Like they put the hosts uh, in their own uh, hotel, and then there is the media village. But it's a good thing we don't stay there. And I'm not saying that from like a diva point of view. But the media village is a little bit more of a party. Uh, and when you're hosting, it's very hard. Like you you literally are just in the zone. Um, especially in Sochi, because of the time change, I was waking up at 3 a.m every day in Sochi just to be on the air here uh, at midnight. So I was on the air there at 9 a.m. And I think that was like midnight here. Anyways, I can't, I'm not even making sense, but it was, uh, it was dreadful, but my hotel was great, but I was hearing stories from the media hotel and I know you're going to like this one. So one of my girlfriends, uh, she's still in the industry. I won't say her name because I don't know if she wants to. Story <laughs> <laughs> but, 
<laughs> she's pretty awesome. So she was in one of these hotels where sure, you know, maybe the hot water was working, maybe it wasn't. <laughs> but maybe, maybe your room got cleaned, maybe it didn't. Uh, and then she came to, so one day she came into her room and she could smell cigarette smoke, but she couldn't quite tell if it was like somebody smoking outside their window or whatever. So the next day she comes back into her room and she sees the two women who are supposed to be cleaning her room, like smoking out the window. And she's like, can you please not do that? Like, I'm not a smoker. I don't like the smell of smoke. It's in here. You know, I'm working the Olympics. And she was, she was one of the ground reporters right so she's hustling right going everywhere you name it and she's like so when i come into my room i need to be able to like relax and sleep instead of inhale all this smoke so obviously they kind of said something in russian and they were upset that they were told that they couldn't smoke in her room and then <laughs> the nerve the next the next day oh this is horrible so the next day she comes back into her room and she's like like, what is that smell? Oh, no. <laughs> they, they used her bathroom. Oh, oh, oh my were, God. Who does that? Oh, my God. And she never saw those two women again. Like, clearly, they were, they were so upset that they were told, you know, not to smoke in her room, that they then proceeded the next day to leave her a little message. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet you... Tell you I bet you she was like, I kind of miss the smell of cigarette smoke now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you that hospitality in Russia is not good. Like I was there for the World Cup, just like following because when Peru made it to the World Cup, I went to Russia and yeah. they overbooked my, my room one night. I ended up sleeping in the kitchen with a bunch of backpackers. Like it was just a mess. What? All diehard fans. Just it was the worst. It was the worst because there are cities that are not prepared. You know, Moscow was a different story. But like the yeah. little city, the little cities like Sarangs, even in, yeah. when I went to Sochi, it was very old and they do not get used to that. So I know what yeah. you mean when, when you're telling this story because they don't, Russians don't know about hospitality. Well, didn't they run out of beer? Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like that was a story where they were running out of beer in Russia. I don't know if that maybe would have been one of the towns you were in, but I remember somebody saying they were kind of going, uh-oh, well, because Russians do love their vodka. I mean, and that, yeah. that's not me trying to be funny. But, but I was like, mm -hmm. they were oh, no, it was everywhere. That's another thing I saw. And so it was, it was like nothing mm -hmm. to just walk by somebody and be like, hey, shot of vodka. I'm like, no, we're at <laughs> we're in the coffee shop. It's, yeah. like, it's, it's eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't think that's appropriate. Um, but I just, I, I remember hearing that, that they were running out of beer. And I was like, ho, ho, ho. The, at a World the, Cup. Well, the I Brits was, are going to go nuts. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty drunk, so I didn't know because I you couldn't drink anymore at 8 p.m. I was just. I, like, I heard. The, I heard. The, I heard the RAF actually flew in an emergency supply of beer just to keep the English fans happy. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't yeah. want to kick it off. So, so like, do you actually feel like you know, like you were the first part, the first female in on um, Hockey Night in Canada and all that kind of stuff. Does that play, did you, did, you, did you take note of that yourself kind of thing or is it just like, it's work, whatever? Yeah, in the moment, it definitely is work. Yeah, I remember with, with Hockey Night in Canada, I think I was, if I'm not mistaken, I was the fifth overall woman to be a part of the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast, but the first to be full-time in studio. And that was really cool. Um, I think another reason why I never really, um, kind of registered with me at the moment was because no one else really treated it like it was a big deal. Like it was status quo. It was, you've earned this right. So let's get on with business. And I really appreciated that, right? Like Ron McLean was excellent to work with um, the guys and, and you know, uh, Trevor Pilling at the time was the executive producer. 
Um, and it was all just very easy to work with. It wasn't like, we're doing this because you're a token. It was, hey, you know, we really like you. This is really good. You deserve to have this position. So I, I think that's another reason why it, it wasn't anything I dwelled on at the time. Um, and then even, you know, right down to, like I said, you know, then I had the ability to host the Olympics, host the World Cup, uh, host my own Pan American show as well, Pan American Games in 2015 when they were in Toronto. And, you know, you kind of go on to do that. And then, you know, even when I joined TSN, it's, you know, the first woman to have her uh, a daily that was my uh, next you know, question. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. But like, okay. again, it never dawned, it never really registered with me until, you know, again, I have other women coming up to me saying, you know, watch that. And that's what made me realize I want to do it or listen to that. And that's really cool. And then you're like, huh, that is kind of cool. I guess that is a big deal. Right. And then, so I do have those moments, but in, in the time that it's happening, it's just uh, it's too much work. It's too much work to have a moment to sit back and realize what you're doing. That, if anything, I'm like, oh, damn, more work. That's very fair. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Chris, go ahead there, man. Well, well, that was more or less what I was going to get at next was Leaf's Lunch. Like, yeah. damn, you made more history than I think you even realized, as you just said. So... Like the process of how that came out, like 1050 is one of the only AM stations we still have here in Halifax. Um, how did that kind of formulate and come together? Yeah, I mean, well, long story short, Jeff McDonald, who's the program director, used to be um, one of the uh, producers over at Sportsnet back in the day when I was at Rogers Cable and I was desperately trying to get a job with one of the major networks. And I had sent them a demo tape and they called me in, um, you know, to have an audition. At the time, Darren Dreger was still at Sportsnet. So he did the audition with me. What a jerk he was, too. Uh, oh, I was, I that, that. I'm no, on mute right now. I'm, only, I'm on mute right now because I, I was like, wow. Sorry. <laughs> no. Shit. He, uh, he was actually funny. I mean, Darren Dreger's off is truly one of the funniest people I have ever met. At the time, though, I was so intimidated. I'm like, <gasps> Dreger. Um, and I listen, I was a rookie, you know? Like, I was just like a little punk in my early 20s. Like, I didn't know, but... Uh, I did that. Uh, I did that. And I remember Jeff McDonald saying, you know, we, we were looking for somebody to do literally like the six o'clock slot. And he's like, we just don't feel like you have enough experience yet. And we're not in the business of setting people up to fail. I want to put you in a position to succeed. Of course, at the time I'm like, shut up. Right. Cause I just wanted the job. So I didn't really care what he had to say. Right. And I was like, whatever. Um, but it ended up working out for, for the best because then I got my job with Leafs TV and I really was a rookie. Like I had a lot to learn. Uh, Leafs TV was very helpful in that. Anyways, um, our, our paths always kind of crossed. Then he came after me again and I happened to be with Hockey Night in Canada. Right. So he's like, would you like to come here? I'm like, ah, I love Hockey Night in Canada. Like, how do you how do you leave that? Right. So our timing was always off. It was always off. And uh, then we lost touch. And uh, we ended up running into each other 2014, 2015, because when I was working um, with the NHL Network, the NHL Network had their studio in the TSN building. And then I ran into to J-Mac and, and he's like, listen, I know the first time we met was like 2005. So we're talking like a decade later. And he's like, but I still want to hire you. Like my goal is to still work with you. And I was like, Okay, let's see if we can make something work. And so at the time he was radio, they were looking to make some changes. 
And, uh, and in 2016, I took over full-time. Because 2015, I had filled in a little bit for Brian Hayes, because they were still doing Leafs Lunch. And he, went, he took some time off when he had his first kid. And uh, that's when J-Max said, do you want to do this full-time? Like, he goes, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There's no other woman who's doing this full-time. You're probably going to get crapped on a lot. He goes, but I have faith that you can, you can take it. Uh, at which point I proceeded to cry like a little baby and say, no, I can't. I can't. <laughs> no. But I did. Um, so I was like, yeah, listen, I'm up, I'm up for this challenge, right? And, and radio is a different beast. You expose yourself, right? Because as a host, uh, I mean, the job is, you know, you still need to know your stuff as a host, but you really are chiming in just a little bit, right? Really, you're leaving the, the heavy lifting to your analysts. You're just, the, you're just the traffic cop. Let's go here, let's go there. You have a say, you have a say, whatever, right? But when you do talk radio, you have to talk. You have to give your opinion too, right? So when you give your opinion, you're opening yourself up, right, to other people's opinions of your opinions. Uh, so that, that, that's been a whole other experience in the world of broadcasting. But um, yeah, Jeff, Jeff McDonald, I mean, he remained true to his word. So I feel bad that I was like, like making fun of him and mocking him when, when he said, you know, back in 2004, that uh, he really liked my work, but I just wasn't ready yet. And that he would come a calling again, because he did. He came, he came a calling twice. Does, and, he know uh, that, does he know that you've been mocking him the, the whole time? Like me? Oh, now I do it to oh, his face. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> he's, he's my boss. So I tell him all the time. He's the worst boss ever. So he knows that. That's amazing. I'm like, remind me again why I work for you. Uh, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's good. It's good. So it's a great relationship. <laughs> so we were just talking about great relationships. When I say the name Lisa Stelic, what does that do to you? Mm. Lisa Stelic, that is, um, yeah, that's, that's nostalgia right there because she believed in me. And um, she fought for me when I didn't even realize I needed someone to fight for me. And, you know, I've shared that story before where uh, the position to be the sports host and producer for Rogers Cable came up and I had been volunteering like all this time. I'd done my internship and everything. Like I was ready. That was my job. I had been working at it for a couple of years. And when uh, she was like, yeah, I completely agree with you. I thought it was like a done deal until she had to, you know, go through the proper protocol still and then when she spoke to the higher ups it, I guess their response was they just weren't sure if they wanted two women at the desk and you're just like what the hell does that even mean like there's two men at the desk all the time like I just don't understand what the big deal was right so she didn't give up though I have to give her credit she did uh, she did not give up and then I found out afterwards um when I did end up getting my job at Leafs TV so I, I you know I was at Rogers Cable full-time as the sports host there for two years 04 to 06 then I went to Leafs TV and there was another gentleman there, um, Dean Bender, who was, who was good friends with uh, Lisa. And he even said, he goes, you know, we called her as a reference. And she even said to us, I always knew the second I hired Andy that I was on borrowed time with her. That it was just a matter of time before she left. She wasn't going to be here long. And she's like, and I'm so happy that she's leaving. I didn't even know she said that. This was somebody else who told me she said that. So I always have a soft spot for, uh, for Lisa McLean's side, 100%. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a great story. So she, just, so she actually said that she was man. glad Pure to legend. see the back of you? Yeah, so I think she was happy to kick me out. It's kind of the other... <laughs> Yeah. Anthony <laughs> tried to, to make a joke there, but it failed miserably because it's true. <laughs> I know, she's like, I hired her and then I couldn't wait for her to go. 
thanks for taking her. <laughs> yeah. Andy, you, you won uh, the Canadian Screens Award, I think, in 2016. Can you tell us more about that? Like, it's kind of like winning the golden boot in the CPLs, kind of like, you know, what's your, your moment of glory? You know, you gotta, can you tell us that story? <laughs> yeah, first time nominated and I won. I've been nominated two times since then. And James Duffy, that little jerk, has won it both times. Um, I can say that because I love him too. But yeah, so uh, it was for my work during the 2015 Pan American Games. And when I got nominated, I, you just could, I was like, I don't even know what, like, what do you mean I got nominated? So it was really cool because, again, you just can't even believe that you would be shortlisted for something. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's funny because, you know, you try to be all cool, right? You're like, I'm just so happy I'm nominated. Like, whatever. I'm going to go there. I'm going to enjoy the free drink and food. And, like, I don't care if I win. Like, it doesn't, like, whatever, right? So I'm, I'm convincing myself. Meanwhile, I book a hair appointment. I have, like, a professional makeup artist come and do my makeup. Like, you know, like, I'm all dolled up. But I don't care. I don't care. And, you, had, uh, you, you had speech writers, didn't you, Andy? Oh, yeah, everything was ready. It was so funny. And then so my husband came with me. Um, so John Conway, who's very much a part of the soccer world. So now he's also ultra competitive, too. So we get there to the venue. And like you could tell the, like, the energy's changed between the two of us. Because we're like, now it's almost like he's giving me a pep talk. Like, babe, like, you got to win this shit, okay? Locker room talk. I know. And I'm just like, this is not up to me. This is other people voting. Like, you're making it seem like I'm going to go out there and like, get into a fight and win. I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do. But he's like, big, big, big. Like, we can't be losers here, right? So, so like, I, I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we go and we sit at the table and we see the program. And it turns out that the sports award for best sports host is like the, the second one to be handed out, right? So we also look at each other and we're like, all right, this is going to dictate the emotion for the rest of the night. We're either going to be in a good mood or we're going to be in a bad mood, right? So anyways, they call my name. Everything's great. I get up. I go to grab my husband's hands. They're like cold and clammy. Like he was so nervous. He was like working up a sweat. His hands are disgusting now. I'm like, babe, come on. <laughs> so I go, I do my thing. I, I get my, I do my speech. I have my award. I have to go take some pictures. I come back. So now I've gone from, I don't care if I win to like totally being smug. I'm like, I so knew I was going to win. Like, look at this trophy, right? I'm like, showing it off to everybody. Um, so it was, uh, but it was a great honor because you are voted on by peers. So, you know, all, all kidding aside, to be nominated and, of course, to win. Michelle Dubay, who is the anchor for CTV News, yes, she's outstanding. She was the one who presented the award to me. It couldn't have come from also a better person. It was just all around perfect. Um, you know, my husband was there. My CBC crew was there. And my award was won on March 8th of that year, which also happened to fall on International Women's Day. Like, it was oh, just wow. a coming together of the world. It was so beautiful. And, um, yeah, just it, gives you, just it gives you a different kind of confidence. It just knows that you're respected by people in the industry. And that's, that's all you can ever really ask for sometimes. I mean, obviously, you want viewership and you want fans to just appreciate what you're saying. I'm not saying you always have to agree with what I say. Mm -hmm. We can have a good constructive debate about things. I love that. But... There's just something about people in your industry who also just know the ins and outs and really know what you go through, what you do, what it takes to, you know, present your craft. Uh, it was very humbling, and I'm still very appreciative um, of that. Um, and I, I hold it and remind all my other peers that I have one, and they don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the banter that you have uh, with, with your coworkers, especially with, with the crew of One Soccer. And speaking of One Soccer, 
I wanted to ask you, like, how the move to that broadcaster one soccer came up? If you can share with us, how was the approach? Do you yeah. know that the CPL was coming? They like we won and the Petrillo. If you can share that with us. Yeah, I mean, well, it is an interesting story. We all knew the CPL was coming, but uh, like everything, you know, in life, it almost feels like everything gets done at the 11th hour. So it's like, you have all this time to plan it, but no, 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 no. We're going to do it in this very small window right here. Um, <laughs> and I remember, excuse me, that I was actually on my way to a, this was uh, in February, I was on my way to a Toronto FC family dinner. So they, they do this for the family, you know, uh, before the, the kickoff of the season. They have a wonderful dinner for us. And so I remember my husband and I were on the GO train making our way downtown. And we were actually leaving early uh, because Dan Kalishman, uh, the other assistant coach, it was his birthday. So we were going to go and have some celebratory drinks. And I get this phone call uh, from, you know, someone from Media Pro. Hi, Andy. It's, you know, you know, some, you know, Catherine from Media Pro and wanted to talk to you about the CPL. I said, oh, the announcement was just made. Like, congratulations. This is so exciting and everything. And she says, yeah, we're really interested in, in speaking with you about, you know, coming on board. And I said, oh, that's, that's wonderful, right? Like it starts in April. And she goes, where are you? And it's not uncommon to get that question because, you know, people live in different parts of the country. And I said, well, I'm in Toronto, Ontario. No, where are you? Like right now, where are you standing? And I'm on the phone, I'm like looking around me, like big brother. Like, and she, I'm like, uh, I'm at like Union Station. Like, okay, great. The, uh, me and the president of Media Pro Canada are going to come and meet you uh, because we need, to, we need to get going with this. I'm like, uh okay and i said i guess i'm not going for birthday celebratory drinks i said i'm guess i guess i'm going somewhere else more the fairmont motel to have this this business meeting and i did we sat down uh oscar you know with the, uh, the president and mm -hmm. they had incredible ideas they had an incredible approach like there was just a lot about it that was really exciting and i just said uh I said, okay, well, you know, do you need me to audition? Do you need like a demo tape? Like I don't, whatever. And they're like, no, we know you. The job's yours if you want it. I said, oh, let me think about it. Yes. I said, yes. Uh, I think I'm going to take that job. So that, it, it was just funny how that kind of went down. It's like, I'm on my way to have drinks somewhere else. <laughs> I just had drinks at you know, another place. Um, and then, uh, you know, rejoined the, the TFC <laughs> dinner. But they, they were pretty serious. Like once the rights were official, Mm -hmm. They knew right away they could start uh, reaching out to people. And yeah, that's kind of how that came about. And there was no way I was going to pass that up. This was, you know, um, you know, again, having gone over to CBC and, and TSN at that point with Lease Lunch, unfortunately, one thing that did have to go a little bit was, um, was soccer on a full-time basis. So I was definitely still doing MLS for TSN. I did the 2018 World Cup as well for them. I was part of their coverage. But to be part of the um, pre and post again, like the actual nitty gritty X's and O's of soccer wasn't even going to hesitate. So I said yes. And, and you know, we, uh, we got that puppy off the ground from scratch. It was not easy. There were a lot of hectic nights, but we were really <laughs> proud of what we did in year one. That's great. And now the with COVID situation was very unfortunate for everyone because I was watching the YouTube videos of you guys doing analysis and just talking about football. It was great that you guys kept all the content. Um, are you excited to go back to finally, you know, that they opened the studio, now the league is back. I see that the, they did some renos in the mm -hmm. set. So if you can tell us, like, how, how was that excitement going back to set, you know, because... 
one thing is just like being in your, in your home and you're still working, right? Like us, you're talking over Zoom and it's not the same having all the cameras, having all that when you guys are off air, all the yeah. banter and all that relationship. You can, what, what was the most difficult part for you besides being isolated at home, just like, you know, doing your analysis and, and you know, like doing your job pretty much? Yeah, well, you guys can see me, but you, you promised no one else can. What was hard was I didn't get to get my hair and makeup done anymore. Doesn't anybody know that's why I got a pamper. I can't do my own makeup. I mean, for crying out loud, I played sports my whole life. I don't know how to do this. Um, no, it, was, it, it was tough because uh, I was devastated, like most people, right? Sports is my refuge, not just my job, but it's, it's my refuge. It's, it's where I go to just like get away from everything else. And the fact that I can you know, get paid in that world too is, is so incredible, but it's always been where I just go to get away. It's where I also go to people watch the people coming together. I love seeing the groups of fans and I love the chance they come up with. And I love the gear they come up with. I love the beer that they come up with. Like there's just so much about the world of sport that you just, you just, you knew things were not right in the world when sport is also taken away from you. And that was pretty heartbreaking. And I really worried for the CPL because it was in its first year. It was in its infancy. And nothing is easy in the first, you know, five, you could even say 10 years, right? Like when you're still trying to establish that. You, you look at MLS, you know, you're talking about a league from like 96. And you could almost make the argument that it's only been in the last few years that they really start to blossom. These things take time. And to mm -hmm. think that in year two, there was already the, the, the breaks being pumped it was so devastating and um much to your delight you'll 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 find out that i destroyed kurt i mean i was all over that poor guy every single day like what's going on what's happening you know and you're not telling me it's your <laughs> right so i was definitely coming down harder and crying, like kurt do something he's like i don't know what to do so um it was uh you know to, to see that the cpo was having conversations to see that they also spoke with the uh, newly formed union and that you know they got their opinion on a return to play and you know you start to hear these rumblings like okay 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 let's go let's go so the fact that it's back it's just um from obviously a canadian pride point of view you're really happy to see it back from a economic point of view you're happy that they're able to pull this off and have the sponsors come on board and do the justice that a franchise team deserves too right you have a new team coming on in and you want to prove that you're the real deal as, as a league and you want to expand. So it's really exciting. The set is really cool, right? Like we have that locker. We were there yesterday doing rehearsals. Mm -hmm. um, so we were in the, uh, like there's the locker room side. There's these sit, I swear, like James Charman and Craig Forrest, I think they're sitting in a section that's like, they should be sitting by a fire smoking a pipe. I'm just like that hole. It looks like that. I, I saw it on social media. It looks it looks like a whiskey bar, you know? They yes. just, no, yeah. time, time out though, and time I, out though, time out though, time out though. Craig Forrest? Yeah, didn't you see? He's tweet he's tweeted out he's part of it. I missed this completely, boys. Holy yeah. smokes. Oh, when did this happen Craig? today? Yeah. No, no, he Yesterday. put it out. Um yeah, he was part of the big launch that they had, and then he himself put it That's out cool. that he was really excited to get back. Uh, yeah, man. Craig Forrest is, he's doing it too. So, and I'm pretty sure he will be drinking whiskey on the set. Um, <laughs> it's an so exclusive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're very excited to have him part of it, but that's another thing. Like, so year two for the league, I think is really important. Big deal for the fans, uh, for Atletico Ottawa. And then even for one soccer to just expand our talent, you know, expand the shows and, you know, to bring in 
James Sharman and to bring in Craig Forrest and to bring in even Brendan Dunlop, who's going to be doing some play-by-play, who is mm-hmm. like, oh my God, he's the funniest. Like, seriously, what, what's up with his TikTok videos? I'm like, you're nuts. But um, <laughs> he is, uh, he's one of the best. Did you not know that either, Chris? Oh, where I don't know where I've been. I had no idea. He's one of my all-time favorite on-screen talents, period. Yeah. So I'm Andy Petrillo. <laughs> trust me, trust me. These guys know. Queen like, of you're, experts. You're, you're, you're literally an idol to me. So like, I'm in my element right now. But Brennan Dunlop is another one of those people. So like, I, I these yeah. guys know. I haven't been paying much attention to social media the last couple of days. That lesson, I don't, I don't blame. You. I think. Don't quote me on this, but I'm, I'm going to say I think his first game, the games that he's calling, will be on Sunday. Um, so he'll be calling nice. games on Sunday. Yeah. So really, and it's great because I, I, like, and I'm not just saying that because I think they're going to be listening to this podcast, but these are genuinely fantastic people, right? Like mm-hmm. James Sharman and I, we used to do um, off the pitch. Like it was this footy that we did at um, the football factory. I used to do this show called off the pitch with TFC players. And a couple times I had Sharm come with me and kind of do a co-hosting thing. So I've known him forever and he's just so fabulous. Um, Craig Forrest, again, I've also known for a thousand years because again, like I said, I did sideline for Sportsnet when he and Dobson were doing the calls. Uh, so member, Ooh, good old Jerry Dobson. Um, so we've known each other forever. And uh, Brendan and I have gotten to know each other throughout you know, the years. We've hosted some events together and everything too. It's so, like, we all know each other, right? Like we're one big happy family. And now it's like, we're creating our own little, you know, sorority slash fraternity. And it's like the best thing ever, right? I just, I absolutely love what we're creating over there. So yeah, now you expect some good content there, Chris. Good content. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so so um, what do you think of the, the format that they've come up with for the return to play? It's a tricky one because anything that's kind of a tournament style, it's not even so much who's the who's the best team for a long period of time. It's who's the best team right now. Like, and that's, that's a hard chemistry to find. Like, is it's, you know, again, you could have a team that was last place last year, but what does that even matter? (laughs) What does that (laughs) even matter in this format? Because if you just boom like that, have your chemistry and you find it and you can put it in a bottle for, you know, a month, six weeks, whatever, it's yours. Like you're, you're not talking about April to November. You're talking about oh, like a six-week thing. And, and so if you can find that, and sometimes it also, you know, boils down to a little bit of luck because everyone's going to suffer from injuries. We know that in sport. But if you are, again, in a shorter time frame, if you get hit with injuries, your luck. I mean, that's, that's hard luck right there. And that would be really unfortunate. In a regular season, you'd have the time to recover, get other bodies in there, a little Flights. time to rest. In this type of tournament, you start dealing with some injuries, your depth gets questioned very, or challenged, excuse me, very quickly. And if you can't respond to that, then you're kind of up, you know what, without a paddle. And then again, that doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad team or you shouldn't have been in contention to win. It just means you got hit with some bad luck. So there's so much that can go right, but so much that can go wrong when you're talking about this type of format. It's like a weird uh, social experiment that they've taken all these teams that have not played together really, and then just dumped them on an island and said, go for it, lads. <laughs> you know, it's just like that. Our games. Yeah, exactly. So it's like survivor, like <laughs> soccer <laughs> version, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy that they like, do, and 
they, they couldn't do much else to be perfectly honest like I mean it, it is what mm-hmm. it is um, but like what, what do you think of like uh, how Atletico uh, Ottawa have managed to get their way through all this kind of craziness because it is their first year do you think they've done a good job? Yeah I mean it's tough to, it's, it's tough to say don't you know, think they have like um, a pretty deep roster, right? Like as, we know some of the teams are, have obviously hit some of the problems with COVID with, you know, internationals and visas and not being able to come on over. So you wonder if they were given a, a fair shot to really put a team together because we know a lot of the players who were part of their USL team either went on to other teams or MLS clubs or academies. They, they opted to do that you know, instead of with this team. So it's tough, right? Because did Atletico have that fair shot to go scouting? Nope. <laughs> right? <laughs> like go around the pandemic hit, right? So that, that's pretty tough. But, uh, you know, I think, I think we're still going to have, you know, obviously a lot of eyes on them to see if they can hit the ground running and, and be competitive because we know it was a, a competitive team in, in USL, but we'll see what they can do here with, with CPL. And you're right, though. It's just – you still have to cut them some slack a little bit here, right? Because it wasn't uh, a fair preparation. Like we're not talking about a forge team that has the majority of their returning players, right? Or even cavalry where these guys already know each other. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, for Atletico, there's going to be a lot of newness there and it's going to have to come together, you know, fairly quickly, but um, we'll see. We'll see how they do. Yeah, I, I'm excited to just have them in, in general. I'm excited. I mean, we're not going to obviously get into, was it fair or not fair what happened, you know, between them and Canada soccer to even get to the point where, um, you know, they were with the CPL. But I think in the long run, and maybe this is um, the greedy Canadian in me, is you want to see the Canadian clubs competing in the Canadian professional league. And sometimes I think, you know, it, if this is the proper way to phrase it, sometimes, you know, in their minds, they might think they're taking a couple steps back. And if that's what they think, maybe you need to do that in order to take the giant leap forward, where you maybe where you were before, you were going to be stagnant. So sometimes it might take a little stutter stepping, but next thing you know, you've now jumped 10 steps, right? Whereas before, it was a comfortability, but it also meant where were you going and what were you doing? So uh, I, I think, you know, big picture, this is going to be very good for them as well as the CPL. And do you think that, um, as you mentioned there, like with uh, Calvary and Forge, do they have like a huge advantage that they've kept the bulk of their squads together? Because I mean, everybody, like Halifax, for instance, has basically changed their whole team apart from like six or seven players. It's, it's a, it's, yeah. It is going to be, a, do you think it's going to be a huge advantage for them? Um, well, here's the beauty of sport, right? Who the hell knows? Right? <laughs> True. <It's> so, <laughs> you have to be so careful when you And like you were saying earlier, you are going to make me... Yeah, you're going to make me eat my shoe uh, if I say one thing now and it's not the case at the end. But common sense <laughs> would tell you that they would have an advantage because, again, we're, we're talking about a format style here that's very quick. So you need to have chemistry right away. And they have that because they know each other. Of course they do. They, they 100% uh, know each other, you know, with little additions here and there. Um, but I would say yes. I would say that would be an advantage in a format – like this, you know, uh, 100%. And they also have a ton of depth. You know, these are two teams that also can field, you know, another great team coming off their bench for crying out loud, right? So it does make them, it does make them pretty lethal. But again, stranger things have happened in sport. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to jinx anyone, but knock on wood, like what about injury? Suddenly you think you're loaded and then whoopsie, right? You just, Mm -hmm. you don't know what happens in a couple back-to-back games. 
Uh, maybe you think you have the scoring touch, you know, with Tristan Borg just gone. And then whoopsie, suddenly someone can't find the back of the net and there's frustration there, right? I don't know, right? You don't know. But yes, going into this tournament on paper, I would say that is a huge advantage for those two teams. And uh, obviously York are, have been the movers and shakers really through the whole thing. Like, do you think they're going to be the surprise package of all this? You know, I, I do because I still think that they were, they were contenders last year. Um, I still believe that if they hadn't, you know, messed up in the first leg against Montreal and lit up that penalty kick, right? Like, I, mm -hmm. I think that they would have been in the same conversation as, as Cavalry in defeating an MLS club in Canadian Championship. Like, I, I really think that they were a millimeter away from that happening. Um, and we all know the gaff, right, at the end of, of the first leg and how that really hurt them. So they were they were definitely contenders. And, you know, we, we also – and I – I am curious, and this, this isn't a shock by any means, but we all know that there was a great article that also came out on Jimmy uh, where he was, you know, getting his pro license, and that is quite the ordeal to do that. And he even said that it took up a lot of his time last year. Like, there would be games, and then he would be gone for, you know, a good portion of the week, and then he would come back. Um, I wonder how having your coach perhaps full-time now, like being on the field with you and everything could also change a little bit of that with him just being present a little bit more. Uh, again, I'm not, it, it's not like anything to say, how dare Jimmy do that? I think that's absolutely wonderful. And how great would it be to even see him climb the ranks of coaching, right? Get behind another Canadian on, on that international stage. But like, I'm just stating fact, right? Because he even admitted that he was gone a lot. So what about that constant voice? What about now, you know, being a little bit more uh, involved in that day-to-day -day and really hammering home those tactics? Uh, I wonder how that could really help and, and change things and, and get things going too for York Knight. And I think their jersey, especially with that Vaughn side, I think that's like, that's the force. So they're going to get a lot of their key mojo. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly it. It's, it's the jersey that's gonna win it for them. <laughs> oh my! But I, I guess having like a, I, I know that he'll be there full time too. But he's also brought in like a Canadian legend as his right hand man and Paul Saltieri. So I mean, it's not just having yeah. Jimmy yeah. there; it's also having that in behind him too. So you've got a a, pro, a, a manager with a pro license, and then you've got a legend. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's quite a combination. Yeah, it really is. And, and uh, obviously they, they know each other and they feel comfortable working together, right? Um, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a battle of the egos. And you're right. If, when you're a player and you're looking up at people who have accomplished things and have done things and have kind of, you know, been there, done that, you, you will listen. You, you will listen. And, uh, and, you know, Jimmy, you know, he's been doing this a long time. And he's, uh, you know, still a fan favorite among Toronto FC fans and what he, you know, the heart and soul of the club. Right? Why are you looking all? Why are you all looking surprised, Chris? You don't think he I've is? I've heard. I've heard otherwise, but I mean. Well, the, the you, years you, that he played. Totally right. Yeah. Yeah, the years that he played. I mean, they never made the playoffs, but like, whatever. Who wants that? That's not the goal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, it wasn't. It, at one point, it wasn't. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why. And that's why you're a broadcaster and not a manager. But I think you know what I think more than anything with Jimmy with TFC fans as I digress here, it's just it's the nostalgia of being a part of the team in its infancy, right? When it first started and being named the first captain and 
you have to show that respect where respect is due. Um, you know, and then he went into the management side of things and, you know, and that's where I think things could leave a bit of a sour taste, right? Like I think players learn the hard way when they go into management or go into coaching that suddenly the fans don't like you anymore. Yeah. If you, don't <laughs> yeah. Hit, right? yes. you get pooped on very quickly. Um, but he's, you know, he's scratching and clawing again to, you know, he's, he's, he's really kind of paying his dues there, but yeah, you're right. He's surrounding himself with the right people. And he's open-minded to trying, you know, different tactics and stuff. So we'll, we'll see how the team comes out. But I, I thought York was even there last year. Um, let, let's see if they can figure out a way to put it all together this year. Yeah, like bringing in Petrasso and the likes of those guys, it's, their squad just looks really good. Best, um, one of the best midfields. Oh, it's incredible. In, in... So well, obviously we're Halifax Wanderers fans, as you can tell by Chris's jerseys in the background, Carlos's hat. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> really? Well, yeah. So what, what, do you, what do you think of our chances? Oh, and, and oh, be, be gentle, okay? <laughs> Don't listen to him. Still, be, blunt, still... be blunt, Go, be blunt. Be blunt, be blunt. That's what we like. Listen. Go for it. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, well, so it, it's actually kind of, I made a joke, but uh, I actually am also kind of serious about it. I don't know if you saw, so Oliver Platt and I were doing just these one minute burning questions, right? Yeah. For each team. Mm -hmm. And near the end, I had just said like, you know, no, I mean, but it's all kidding aside, like Halifax had the worst travel schedule, really, really did. And you never want to use it as an excuse, but it's also just fact. Right? Yeah, like there was a ton of travel. There was time change. It was very, very difficult. I mean, poor Stephen Hart. I'm like, what do you do to like in between games and, you know, to kind of work on tactics? And I mean, and his answer was, he's like, you don't. I'm like, we just don't, right? Because it needs to be used for recovery time. Like, how, how, do you, how do you do that without completely burning out your players? So I want to see how Halifax does when they're just in one spot, <laughs> not traveling and not having to deal with time change. Obviously, everyone else has that advantage too. But I do, think that's, uh, I do think that's a big one. And I had a chance to watch Halifax in person. I mean, Carlos, that's where, that's where we met. I was doing yeah. Sideline that time. Uh, I was actually doing it uh, you know, for CBC. Great little um, – it's just a testy rivalry against Valor. I, do, I don't know what it is <laughs> – but things just seem to always get nasty between the two of you. Thank it, you. It got organically. It just, I, yes. I, I know. It got organically. I don't, I don't know. I was expecting Pacific, you know, the two coasts, but it just, something about Valor, I don't know what happened and suddenly started growing organically and now like, but I think that's, that, I think that's the thing though. Like the whole Pacific thing was, was set up as yes. the battle of the coasts. Whereas I think a lot of rivalries have to be done organically like that. So mm -hmm. it was probably just something that happened in one game and just pissed everybody off. And they always it was, went like, hate those guys. <laughs> wasn't it, um, did, was, was it, the fan that mooned oh, yes yes oh yeah That's yeah kind yeah. of what actually grew it have you heard this story andy i have not you have to tell me you have to tell me this story that this story i do not know was I, I was just in front of it like it was it was this guy uh from from like a fan from valor with he came with with a bunch of guys and suddenly i don't know what happened he started mooning the kitchen he was getting kicked out. Oh, that was the kitchen. That's right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So he was, he was, he he was getting kicked out. And as he was getting kicked out, everybody in the kitchen was kind of yelling at him. And I guess he just went again. Down it goes. Okay. And so yeah. let me ask you this. Was this before or after like, you know, cause to me, I always thought it stemmed from Jordan Morrell and the big, you know, kicking the table. 
kicking the table, the red yeah. hat, the poor guy. That's, like that's honestly when I thought it started too. But everybody mm-hmm. keeps bringing up the guy mooning the kitchen. But I mm-hmm. remember it being that. I think was that the Canadian Championship? No, uh, it was the CPL when he came. Was that no, CPL? That was, I think that was CPL because, yeah, yeah and then but I remember him like, Ralph, what was it, three games he ended up getting suspended and he had his mm-hmm. captaincy stripped as well. Remember, mm-hmm. yeah, Rob Gale, yeah, they took it from him after that too because it was, I mean, let's face it, it was a horrible display of, of, of sportsmanship. Yeah. And then again, even, you know, the, the next game, you know, the one that I was covering, it was pretty feisty too. And there was just like a lot of shoving, a lot of pushing. and you know, Rob Gale losing his mind and saying that thing, <laughs> things aren't fair in Halifax, right? And I'm like, yeah, I don't, yeah. what does that mean? Um, so <laughs> the, the, that, that, like, that full moon was a horrible display too. Wait, so do you guys make noise outside the hotel? Because remember there was some complaints, perhaps of some fireworks going off? <laughs> Carlos, <laughs> I heard about this. No, I actually Chris? heard about this. No, 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 no I didn't, I heard about it, but that's oh, no, what I, I mean. No, I did. I actually heard about this. <laughs> Yes. Well, Rob really? Gale reminded me of it. Like he was, he, they did, got, they got no sleep. They got no sleep. These fireworks were going off. And you in know, the middle of a city, there was fireworks going off. Wow. <laughs> you know, you might have Jesus. to yeah. this one out, Anthony. This, that might be a privateer. But I will say, I also saw, I also saw Gale enjoying the city after that too. So he clearly loved well, Halifax. And that was, that was kind of one of my questions. Like, I know we're running out of time now, but like, what were your thoughts about Halifax? Cause like we asked players and we asked coaches and whoever else, but like from your perspective, you got a lot of time to burn. What did you think about our city? Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, I just, I loved it. Just walked and walked everywhere. And I have uh, an emotional connection and family connection because my Pier family 21. came on over on the boat. Pier hey. That was okay. Yeah. Hey. yeah so um, oh. I went down, I went down Pier to the water. Wow. Yeah. Not, not to like, not to be like, not to be like facetious or rude, but like I, like a lot of Italian Canadians go through Montreal. So like, it's super mm. cool to hear a story coming through Halifax. No, it came through Halifax. Um, you know, and it was, it was just really emotional because, you know, my grandparents, so they're my mom's, you know, parents, uh, they, they were everything to me because my dad's parents stayed in Italy. I didn't know them as much. So my, uh, my grandparents on my mom's side, they were everything to me. And my grandfather passed away in 2014, you know, just, as I got my Hockey Night in Canada job. And my grandmother's still with us, but, you know, she's 90 and she's getting old. And, I, you, you know, you start to just dig into your roots a little bit more. And my mother was three years old when they came on over. And my grandmother was pregnant with my aunts, who are twins. So whenever um, I'm delayed or travels, I always say my grandmother traveled for months with a three-year-old and twins <laughs> in her belly on a boat. Like, yeah. I am not complaining about my delayed flight. <laughs> Get over yourself. Um, yeah, so it was really special. It was just walking, you know, that same pier and then, you know, taking photos of the beautiful statues that you have there commemorating, you know, the immigrants who have come on over. It was really touching. It was beautiful. And I just, to me, Halifax also felt like home, right? It was the first Canadian soil my family touched down on. So it was very, it was very special. It was very emotional. And I can't wait to get back. That's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. That's a great story. So b- b- before we let you go, uh, I guess we have to get your predictions. So who's <laughs> yeah. going to be? I'm sorry. I have to. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't do predictions. You kind of have to. No, she doesn't. No. We'll just ask her. We'll, we'll ask her the questions we normally ask. Okay. At so the end of the show. we won't ask her predictions. Who's going to win the uh, the championship? <laughs> <laughs> we ask that to everybody, to be honest. So. So stealth of you. Okay, I won't ask you that. But we, we <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't know. I don't do predictions. I tell you, I kid you not. They make me eat crow. Every time I do this, it is like the worst. So why don't I just say Halifax? Why, why, why wouldn't Halifax win it? Why couldn't they win it? Right? So okay. I'm going to get, I'll, I'll say Halifax. Nice. Nice. And uh, Chris, you Chris, do you agree? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Carlos. Who else you going for, Chris? I know. Despite all the Halifax Shit behind me, I'm picking Brennan's boys. Really? You're going York Nine? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Car- Carlos? Can we kick him out of this podcast, please? <laughs> yeah, he's getting, edit- he's getting edited out. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> <it's funny. laughs> it's going to be covery. Oh, for the love of God, lads. Come on. Where, where's your, We're where's all your, getting kicked off. Where's your whole We're all going to get shallowed. Yeah, we're I, think salad. We're, I think it's going to be We're all well. getting salad. <laughs> Next year, we'll take it. We'll take that. Uh, what do you think about the, micro, the microwave plate? You like it? The, the trophy? Okay. I had no clue people were doing that. Somebody said oh to me, like, God, you have to go amazing. on Twitter right now. <laughs> and I died. I thought it was the funniest thing I had ever seen in the longest time. But am I the only one who likes it? Yes. I started it. Oh. it You're not. Cute. You're not the yeah. only one who likes it. <laughs> yeah, you, you, I, you are. I actually <laughs> like it. And I like from an ergonomic point of view, I like that you can grip it. Yeah. And hold it up high. <laughs> That's all I you want from a trophy. Like <laughs> I think it was, oh, I, I actually really liked it. And you know what? Like, uh, they obviously had the reveal to the media the day before. I don't know. I just, I liked it. I loved all the awards. Uh, I love yeah, the meaning the behind the awards. Beautiful, though. And, so I thought those were pretty stunning as well. Um, yeah, I thought the CPO did a really good job with that, I, I have to say. But it is, it is kind of – I was expecting, like, when Becker raised it, I thought he was going to maybe start hitting the sun and then try to start burning people. <laughs> he, has a, like, he has a big red spot on his forehead. He's <laughs> like the big magnifying glass, and he's just, like, burning all the cavalry fans in the stands. Oh, like, oh, oh my man. God. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, oh God. So – so uh, our, our, our hour is up, so I guess we don't want to keep you here forever. So thank mm-hmm. you so much for hanging out with us. Um, you did come up with a great idea, though. Uh, award nominations, they should have the nominees fight. I like that idea that you kind of mentioned there. <laughs> <laughs> Just a battle royale. One, one last duel. <laughs> <laughs> you win every time. Fight it out. Yeah, I love it. Well, it was an absolute pleasure. I'm really happy we were able to make it work. Uh, Thank you, I know Andy. everyone's schedule and stuff. So I'm really happy we made it work. And I'm really, ha- I, I really hope you enjoy One Soccer's coverage that kicks off, mm-hmm. you know, on Thursday because we're adding more. You already heard, Chris, welcome to the party. We've got people <laughs> on board. Um, so we're, we're really excited about bringing the games to the fans. And, you know, I, and I'm sure the players are going to give us, I mean, they've been chomping at the bit. They can't wait to hit the pitch, right? So I'm sure they're going to give us some, some great soccer as well. Really looking forward to it. So, so will Andy come back after the tournament's over? Uh, on this show? I mean, yeah. 
Oh, so I was like, do you know something? Is one soccer getting rid of me that I was like unaware of? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, he just, he just, so. he just oh, knows yes. he got the job. So, he just knows he was losing so, them. <laughs> so, 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 so what you're saying is we have guest host Andy Bertrillo on down the pub. This could be a, a, but, but, how about this? I will only do it if I get one of them grounds beers. Yes. Yes. I will. You'll get a shipment. Yeah. Yes. Okay. They're you'll really good, actually, flat. by the way. You'll get a whole, whole flat. It's really yes. tasty. Carlos, you yeah. did a great job, man. I'm proud of you. <laughs> it's the only thing you've accomplished in life is making a can. So. <laughs> Forget <laughs> about it. It's going to okay. cut this. Cut this. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Andy. Good luck yeah. with the, the coverage. We can't wait for it to get going. So thank you thank so much. You. Take care, Thanks, guys. Thank you, Andy. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thank you so much to Andy for taking some time out to chat with us. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers. Your support means a lot. Don't forget to check out Nisha's new beer yard to watch the game on Saturday. It's an incredible spot to watch a game. The game kicks off at 4pm, so I suggest getting there early so you can make sure you have a spot. The food is delicious. I had the pulled pork sandwich when I was there and it was awesome. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. Until next time, cheers. Oh, and come on, you wanderers. You've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast, recorded in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.